Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by international criminal, not man of mystery this time, international criminal after what you've done this weekend, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, what do you have to say for yourself? Well, I mean, look, frankly, uh, we've all agreed previously that that if they're Polish, doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think we that's an international understanding. And I don't think I should be persecuted for anything I've done. Um, yeah, I believe that they call that the Mark Wahlberg rule. Is that right? <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick, that actually is, is a great. I didn't know you were going to do that little intro there, but I'm glad you did because I actually something I wanted to share with you today before we start today's episode. Okay. Um, I found a fan. Usually, it's our, our our good buddy and our colleague Ace and Bender who is digging up all kinds of like you know historical football bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but which is I believe how he prefers to have it referred to as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, I was fortunate to stumble across something this week that I think you will find very amusing. Okay. Um. Did you know that in the year 1939, uh, there was a one-time only release of a college football, all-Polish, all-American team? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was done by by five American uh, sports writers, leading American newspapers. Um, uh, yeah, it's called, the article was called In the Polish Colony. Okay, love that. Love that. We need to bring that back. I, I think that that should be... And there, I, I do really like the idea of like a, a reporter who has to go around and confirm which players are Polish. Like, like you can't just go <laughs> off and you have to ask the SID, like, I need to, I need a full list of all of your Polish players, please. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like, could you, could you have them wear a gold star in our practice so I can... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the, the gold star all-American Polish team. <laughs> uh, no, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously very, very amusing to me personally they did this. Um, the, the team, if you were curious, by the way, features, uh, you know, famous uh, former Iowa head coach, uh, Forrest Avashevsky. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's huge for Iowa. Uh, had a great week all around this week. So between yeah. this and their great game against Ohio State, I, I think they should be celebrating. Yeah, it was a really good um, week for Iowa football. It was a really, really good weekend for Iowa football. Things went really, yeah. really well for them. Um, and yeah, yeah, there's no uh, no issues there at all. There was there was a time. It is very funny to think about. Like not that long ago, there was a time where this was this that kind of, that kind of thing was something that like every major newspaper in America would do. Is there's there's like the oh all Irish team in college football. Oh, is this is the, well, the and best. the funniest part is like the only person still doing it. Uh, is uh, fucking what's his name? Um, who, who's the, the the numbers guy on Bill Simmons? Malcolm uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? Is it Malcolm Gladwell? Is that his I, name? You, yeah. you are you are barking up the absolute wrong tree. There is one no, of no Malcolm Gladwell yeah. is like <laughs> I I think of him as the Bill Simmons guy, but he also has written several very famous books. They're all yeah. like total nonsense. Yeah. Um, uh, he did Outliers, the most famous one, but a bunch of others too. But he famously went on Bill Simmons' podcast and was talking about um, what if there was an all-Nigerian basketball team and if, like, the uh, Nigerian Olympic team was, like, all of the Nigerian descendants. Uh-huh. And he was just including guys, like, all over Africa. Uh, like, he put, okay. like, uh, Joel Embiid, who's from Cameroon, on there. He listed Steve Nash, because oh. Steve Nash parents are from South Africa or something like that. Just yeah. just going, like, that... he was just being as generous as he possible. It was very, very fun. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome to to say the all, like, the Nigerian team and then not at all... <laughs> Why would you not just say Africa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's very good. That's um yeah, yeah, I like that. He's the one who looks like if uh if Bob Ross had like a really bad addiction to math, right? 
That's what he looks like. Yeah, that's exactly who okay. he is. That's exactly who All he right, is. All right, cool. Um, yeah, he's he's also uh, famously like pretty heavily involved in the Epstein flight logs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you knew this. He's actually an Epstein guy. So. Yeah, I did. I did know that. That's like one of the two things that I know about him, and the other one is the Bob Ross thing. So really, yeah. I've exhausted my Malcolm Gladwell knowledge. That's about. That's about all I can do. Um, well, that's tough. That's tough when we have when we have Malcolm Gladwell week right around the corner. Yeah, um, we. Uh, I now do that we finish up Jamal Khashoggi week. Right <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Malcolm. <laughs> it's Malcolm Gladwell week here, <laughs> flipping the field. Um, I do have here another uh, historical document. I was going to do this as the cold open, but I fear that it might not be real so i don't want to i don't want to open with it if it's not real but i i would be remiss if i did not mention it this well, is if a, you, i know i know i know what you have for me if, if this it doesn't work i do have something real for you but the same team so you go ahead and okay I'll, I'll all right so this is from kane's insight which is a i would i would assume just the very bad name for their 247 site it looks like maybe rivals yeah i don't know i'll, I'll check the screenshot it's, you sent me out i'll i'll know it intuitively within Point one second. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks. Yeah, man, I yeah, I don't know what this is. It, it kind of doesn't look like two four seven. It looks like something else. Maybe rivals, but it's it's the Miami board somewhere. Um, and this this is from a, a poster named Cover Three, <clears throat> who says, "I was walking in my car after the game, and a Duke fan started running his mouth to me. Big mistake. I'm not sure what exactly he thought he was going to accomplish because he was unconscious unconscious within ten seconds of yapping to me. His family was in horror, and there were a few Kane's fa- fans cheering me on as." I drove away. My wife refused to get into my car with me and took an Uber home instead. Fuck this team. How was your Saturday? <laughs> and, and I think my favorite part about this is that his little uh, tagline, like his, uh, I don't know what they call it, their flair or something, is just all yeah. caps, I fight at tailgates, which, yeah, he does. Sure enough. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yep. <laughs> he was not lying, which I love that for him. It was yeah. really, really funny. Uh, no, well, this is an independent message board, so okay. salute to the truth. Yeah, looks the true warriors for leaking this. Yeah, no, the Canes had a great Saturday. Uh, of course, the other part here, I don't know if you saw this one, Patrick. Do you see the tweet from one of the players' moms? Have you no. seen this going around? No, I did not. Um, so wide receiver Keyshawn Smith, who was a junior, who was the leading returning receiver mm-hmm. uh, for Miami coming into the season, uh, he fumbled a kickoff uh, in that in that Duke to Miami, uh, and then his mom tweeted, by the way, she's one of those people who capitalizes the first letter of every word Yeah, that doesn't tweet in all caps or all lowercase, but just capitalizing every single word. Very yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, uh, she said, if you had an offensive coordinator who walks in his meeting telling his team, they're the worst team ever, would you still want to play for him? I've heard of tough coaches, but that's just stupid. I wonder if USC coach talk like his team like that too. I guess we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so uh, basically, this is this is Josh Gaddis, and this was confirmed a couple of people afterwards. Yeah, uh, walked into the meeting room and told him they were the worst offense he's ever seen. Uh, and then uh, Mario Cristobal was saying they didn't play hard. Yeah, <laughs> the guys were soft, etc. <laughs> uh, and then this guy goes and cries to his mom about it, who tweets it out. Just a terrible look. That program yeah. is in fucking shambles. Yeah, it's it, there. There are so many things that are that are bad about that, but I do think that one that uh, that might go underlooked that I do want to uh, or overlooked I guess underrated that I do want to mention is that you and I spend an inordinate amount of time watching and thinking about college football and I did not know who Miami's leading returning receiver was and when you said that name that was the first time I've ever heard of that young man Um, yeah the funniest part too is he's from San Diego he's not even a South Florida yeah that is not a that is not what you want if you're Miami I should know who your top receiver is if you're Miami that's the first thing I should know about Miami is that they have a really good number one receiver not just like some guy <laughs> that's, that's a uh, yeah that that there's, there's your issue right there that's the problem number one problem number two is that it seems like josh gaddis is like 
one of the worst coaches in America, as it turns out. Not actually good, actually very, very bad and like bad to work with and doesn't really have any good plays and was just sort of carried by a very good offensive line, um, which he's not alone on, on that, that Michigan roster last year. Quite a few guys did that, but uh, damn, maybe shouldn't have, maybe shouldn't have hired him sight unseen, Miami. Maybe not the best idea in the world. Yeah, uh, pretty bad. Pretty bad if you're a Miami fan to be stuck with this now on an $80 million guaranteed contract. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, and also, like, there's no – I don't think I see anyone doing this, but just to be clear, we are not accepting any kind of year zero talk from our no. first of all. Like, with this roster talent, the transfer portal existing, uh, the staff he has on both sides of the football, like, he, he was given as much money as he wanted to hire anybody he wants Yeah, and to go get any players he wanted. And this is the best he can put out there. It's yeah. fucking terrible. It's yeah, like I, I understand that the situation is what it is and, and whatever, but like you think about who he was mentioned in tandem with this offseason and what they're doing. USC is six and one. Uh LSU is is what, six and two and in the top twenty five. Um, like the, that's, that's who he was mentioned with. That was the level of a hire that people were describing that as, um, you don't get a year zero when you're, when you're like that, you don't get to jump from yeah. Oregon to Miami where you had a, uh, a perennial top 15 program and be this bad. Like they're not going to make a bowl game. They're really bad. We're going to talk about the game in a little bit, but, um, no, can't do that. Cannot be doing that. Um, before we jump in yeah. here, we've got some games to 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 break down. Uh, not as well, and also really quick, really quick. Sorry, so before we get, one more thing, I want to say on him before we get into the actual games. Yeah, uh, I do want to say that he also isn't even recruiting as well as expected. Yeah, like uh, they have the eleventh ranked recruiting class in America and ninth on player average. Mm. Like they're all their NIL money is not even getting them like a top ten recruiting class. Really, like it's it's pathetic. It's yeah. I mean like what's the point in this? Oregon's in a better place without him, right? Pretty clearly. We'll get we'll get into that in a minute here. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Everyone's very excited about it. I'm sure that there's no buyer's remorse there whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, before we get in here, I am just going to tell you guys real quick about midfield.com where you can go and subscribe and get the message board. The message board was popping this weekend from what I saw. I was on the road. 1,100 posts in our game for us. Yeah, yeah. And that's without a prolific poster such as myself because I spent 12 hours yeah. on the road this weekend and was in... Uh, and no Michigan mid- game, too. Yeah, and it was in the middle of nowhere. So we had we had it absolutely going off. The Thursday night game was going off, too. We're going to start with that. Um, but it was it was, it was was just a couple of us in there, but it was really fun. It was really cool to have that, that just sort of place where you can talk about the game, and it's not... It's not like Twitter where you, you you know, I don't know, maybe you put any sort of thought at all into things that you say before you say them. Like on the board, you can just say whatever. It's just like watching the game with somebody else yeah. there where you just sort of off the dome, whatever you think. Like you can't really post on t- unless you're like an Ohio State beat writer who's, you know, 75 years old. You can't just post like, wow, what a great throw <laughs> on Twitter. That's not that's not really what we do. But on the board, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. You can wrestle with your son on our boards. I don't I don't give a shit. <laughs> there is a young reporter on the beat who I'll, I'll, uh, I'll type uh, the name. I, I know, exa- Ryan, I know exactly who you're talking about. You do not even have to say uh, this this Was individual's right? name. I just, let me, let me, I just said it. Let's see here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. The tweets are so funny because this person is always just posting like, "Wow, like my guy start over, get the ball back." Like, yeah. Uh, here, here's I'm just gonna read uh, a series. Of... <laughs> Dude, my my I'm favorite. Just... My favorite is is that this person um, was 
also I, I I got to go to the Rose Bowl last year's Credential Media. They also went there. They don't write stories for games. They just do tweets. They just do play-by-play tweets. We're like, great throw to <laughs> number two. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Why did you? This is like a kind of an expensive trip. The hotel's like three hundred dollars a day, and we're here for like an entire week. What are you doing here? Yeah, this. Uh, I'm just gonna read three consecutive tweets from this person. Yes, see the quality we're talking about. JT Tumaloa and John Baptiste, Javante Jean Baptiste get a sack. That's tweet one. <laughs> tweet two. <laughs> uh huh. Tweet tweet two. Right. Julian Fleming. Wow. Okay. That's, that's All right. Okay. And here's a, <laughs> here's the grand here's finale. The tweet. Seventy-nine touchdown pass from Shroud. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so. Wait, cool. there's a there's a real. Hold on. There's actually there's a better back to back that I missed also where she where they just tweeted. Mm. Um, <laughs> whoops. Oops. Uh, just, well. tweeted, just tweeted. It's thirty three ten Ohio State. Yep. <laughs> That's so cool, dude. I need a press box seat for this. I need to sit in the press say, box so that I can do this shit. And the, the funniest part is there's someone out there. Oh man, it's guy who follows me too. Sorry, there's just someone out there who's fading them too. There's like a one to two faves in all of these tweets. That's very awesome. very funny. That's awesome. I really um, do like to think about somebody who is watching the game exclusively through that. That's the only way that they get updates on Ohio State all season. They're diehard, but they only follow the tweets. That's 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 how I that's how I cope. <laughs> I can't watch the games, but I can watch the tweets. Oh man. Oh well, God. anyway, if you are a guy who uh, faves that sort of post all the time, you. Would would love meet at midfield.com you should you should come check it out you can subscribe for 12.99 a month it will get you all the stuff including the premium podcast of this show of the other shows of uh all sorts of stuff we'll get you access to hbo you don't even have to pay for it which is we're gonna keep that on the low we're not gonna tell anybody about mm-hmm. that it's that's that's just between you and me um but I'm also I'm also going to tell you guys about Home Field Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com is high quality collegiate vintage apparel or vintage collegiate apparel. I don't know, one of those. Um, and if you use yeah. the code Meet at Midfield uh, in the promo code section uh, where you where you would put that sort of thing, you're going to get 15% off your first purchase of a shirt, of a sweatshirt, of maybe even some pants of some sort. You I mean they've got all sorts of stuff. They got the big three. You got shirts. They got sweatshirts. In some instances, they got pants. And what more do you need than that? That's that's, you know, that's what I say is if you get those three, you're you're good. You're covered. That's that's yeah. uh, that's the yeah. big that's the the you know the food groups is is shirts, sweatshirts, and pants. That's it. That's all you need. And we also have I'll be tweeting about this tomorrow on the social media accounts. Keep an eye out for this, but um, uh, with the exact details. But we have a, a giveaway happening this week too. Uh, that any new members uh, to meet at midfield or any existing members. Uh, can be entered into a raffle hmm. uh, to potentially win a, a, a series of meet at midfield gear. Hmm. Uh, you can get kind of a, it's, we're, we're going to waste gear. We'll, I have the exact details on social media account tomorrow. I don't have it written down. It's very poor planning for me currently, but, uh-huh. but keep, it on, keep it on social media accounts tomorrow. We'll get it sorted. Uh, and I'll have a, yeah. Just, or, or probably today when you'll see this, I'll have the full details posted on there. Yeah. Uh, there will be a giveaway happening with some, some component of your gear. So gear. So, uh, so keep an eye out for that. Um, I'll be tweeting things like, Home field apparel. Wow. Wow. Like, yeah. Church church just went up 3310. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's that nature. Ryan, there's so. a there's a question. I'm gonna speak on behalf of our listenership here because there's a question that I'm sure everybody is dying to ask. Does this stack, can you enter both this and the Ryan Donnelly fuck a fan challenge? Is this <laughs> does it stack or do you can you do you have to just pick one? 
Well, uh, Patrick, unfortunately, as you <laughs> as you well know, the latter challenge is at a much much higher price tier. There's only yeah. accessible on the immediate midfield only fans. Yeah, um, which which is dropping this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, the shirts will be giving away. I wasn't going to mention this till later, but the shirts we are giving away from Midfield Apparel are actually game worn by me. Yeah. <laughs> These are the shirts that I'm wearing to watch Ohio State games. You, you can get them delivered <laughs> right to your house. Uh, you get you can get one of those one of those trading cards that has like a cut out piece of the shirt. <laughs> It's not like distinguishable in any way. You're just like, wow, yeah, sure enough. <laughs> Looks like it was on the shirt. Do you think a big whiff of my? Oh my yeah. Shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big deal if you're one of one of my one of my big fans out there. So yeah. keep that, an eye out for that. That is also unfortunate in retrospect that we didn't name the forum only fans because it's only for fans i mean that's what else but it's that's just what it's for it's for fans only so it would only make yeah. sense um all right recap thursday night troy 10 south alabama six um i believe you and i were were both locked in on this one uh i i watched i watched every minute of this that i could i watched the entire second half i saw bits and pieces of the first half but i watched the entire second half um the if you did not watch this game do not let the final score trick you uh this kicked ass this was awesome i i really really enjoyed watching this game yeah i i was uh stealthily catching some snaps on uh on georgia tech uh and uh and virginia because i just want to see that disaster happen in real time as well yeah uh, but i was watching the the vast majority of this game and my god what a defensive battle yeah uh john summerall and cable mack are obviously two of the best defensive minds in college football and and uh i mean really really fun to watch um just with the blitz off we had this game these guys were teeing off blitz. basically both, both quarterbacks were in hell uh, yeah. This whole time. Yeah, and, and there would be there were several in the second half, like sustained drives getting down into scoring territory, scoring adjacent territory, and then the the defenses on either side just lock down, and then it's it's nothing. It's either a field goal or it's absolutely nothing. Um, it was it was really impressive. It was really an impressive football game. Uh, South Alabama was ultimately ends up coming up short here, and and I think that. You could look at this if you're just box score watching, and you could think like, "Well, why didn't they run the ball more?" Um, they couldn't. They absolutely couldn't. Troy, yeah. Troy, shut it down every time in the second half. South Alabama even tried to run. It was a, it was a tackle for loss. It was nothing. Um, it's, uh, it was really impressive. It was really, really impressive from Troy. Um, they uh, obviously Carlton Marshall is is sort of the guy who everybody knows, but they have a um, they have a defensive tackle whose name I'm going to try and pull up because I don't remember it off the top of my head who was playing through injury, was injured earlier in the game, and then came back, and basically the entire fourth quarter, whenever he was on the field, he was making a play. Like, he he blew up almost every single South Alabama play for the entire fourth quarter. It was uh, it was nuts. It was really, really impressive to watch him play. Um, and then Yam Banks and Daryl Luter on the other side are both excellent as well, and we, we you know, have been privy to that in that, that South Alabama secondary, but like, this was great. This was just a, a great, really, really high quality game. It was exactly what I what I was hoping it would be. Um, I really enjoyed myself here. Yeah, yeah, awesome football game. Uh, happy to get some midweek action going, and and I think it's kind of the part of the year where a lot of the midweek games start picking up steam too, right? Yeah. Like we are, uh, we are well into like the best, the best time of the year for the midweek games, and, and some of these high-profile G5 games get put on these these opportunities um, from from ESPN, CBS Sports. So hopefully, it keeps rolling this way. Yeah. Um, it unfortunately, was, the Friday night. Oh, God, it, it was T.J. Jackson. That's the that's the defensive tackle's name. He was awesome. He was really really good as 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 was uh, Marshall. But uh, yeah, this was great. 
Yeah, the Friday night games, not much to speak of. Uh, Western Kentucky stole a win late from from UAB. Yeah, uh, but uh, but not much else besides that going on. Um, the Saturday games, however, started out very strongly. Right, I think it was ultimately it was a, it was a pretty solid day. Like I, I think in, in a lot of other years, this would have felt like a great Saturday. Yeah. Um, this Saturday kind of feels just like workman like, right? I and mean, we just had so many so many great weeks already this season. It's kind of starting to feel like it's a little bit routine. Yeah. But uh, again, a whole bunch of uh, ranked teams knocked off this week. Um, and let's get into the news slate. Yeah. 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 So we're going to start with a uh, the America's number one team, uh, a shocking upset here. Ohio State upsetting Iowa, fifty four to ten. That's right. Really beating the shit out of them. Um, no, this, I mean this was uh, a bloodletting. This was really not ever competitive, from what I saw. Iowa had a had a uh, what a, sco- a, a kind of a scoop and score where they just sort of took the ball from C.J. Stroud and scored in the first quarter, and then that yeah, was... D- Donovan Jacks. I, I know I know most people listen to this probably don't care, but we have enough Ohio State fans that I'll, I'll explain it. Donovan Jackson just fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> basically Donovan Jackson just shit the bed. Uh, Charlie was on his block. He had the wrong assignment, and uh, yeah, it was all an easy fumble. Fumble. Besides that, uh, Iowa did nothing. All yeah, time. yeah. Nothing. Iowa had in this game uh, seven turnovers. I don't think it really needed to have those to still not score any points. I don't think it would have scored anyway. Um, it had a twenty-four percent success rate in this game, which is in the uh, first percentile, which is not very good. That's not necessarily where you want to be. Is the the first percentile? Um, almost all of their other offensive stats here on game on game on paper are in the zeroth percentile, which doesn't even exist. That's not even a real thing. <laughs> they, it's they the worst broke, performance of the they, year. They basically. broke yeah. the scale. They were. <laughs> it's 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 like almost almost unthinkably bad. They really. I I don't really believe in EPA. I don't really understand it. I don't think it makes any sense. But I know when I see it, like if it is good or bad. Generally, Iowa's in this game was negative fifty six point four. That is maybe the worst I have ever seen. I literally do not know if I've ever seen a performance worse than that. Um, Ohio State just absolutely just put them to sleep. Uh, just, <laughs> just choked them out. It was done immediately. It was never competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that kept this was just like, what's kind of interesting is uh, there are some guys on Twitter talking about this, some, scheme, some of the scheme types out there. That I, I try not to name by name because usually these guys are perverts and we don't really respect them. Yeah. Uh, most of them are bad, but um you know, there was a lot of like basically like Iowa just running a defense that has never run in the whole Phil Parker era before, mm-hmm. um, like doing a very bizarre kind of thing where they're, they're writing a ton of like cover zero, with, like heavy boxes, yeah, uh, and daring Ohio State to throw. Which Ohio State <laughs> just was like, What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, why are you doing that? And like, thought it was, <laughs> and, like, I thought they were bluffing, I think, for the entire like for the first couple quarters. So they just ran a lot of uh, just ran into that box a lot because they, they kept thinking Iowa was just like messing around, it would switch up yeah. or drop coverage or something, and never did. <laughs> Uh, and, then, and then, you know, like in the final, like 35, 40 minutes of the game, they just pulled away and went on a 38, nothing run, yeah. uh, but they were scoring at will, but, but yeah, they kind of were just like very confused by why Iowa played it that way. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's, that's what the sort of the Notre Dame, Michigan strategy ish, right. Is trying to stop the run to, and, and, and hoping that you can win one-on-one matchups against CJ Stroud in that, that passing game. But like, you can't, you, it seems like you can't do that. I don't know. Like. Iowa's whole thing, especially as Iowa, as Notre Dame or Michigan, it makes at least some sense because you're not horribly disadvantaged in the talent gap. Like you're, 
they're not as talented, but it's not that wide. But Iowa's defense, like, the secondary is good because it plays weird zones and disguises its shit. It's like, it's not like these guys are just playing one-on-one really, really well. Like, no, they're in weird defenses that quarterbacks don't know how to read. Why Why would you ever think that this was a good thing to do? It doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense. It's so baffling. But, but I mean, it did, I, I guess, in the sense that it wasn't a good idea and it was so confusing to the team, it did work for a little bit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... Like, yeah, I, it's just the one-off you'll never see again in the real game. But I don't know. Good for them. It, it, it stopped the Ohio State offense for a quarter and a half, which is more than more than any team's done yet this year. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> good on them, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, next up here, Clemson 27, Syracuse 21. Um, Syracuse just blew it. Just straight up blew it. Should have won this game. Had this game in hand and just blew it. Uh, had had several chances to put it away in the second half. Could not get a single thing going in the second half. Uh, committed some penalties that ultimately really cost it. And then even still had a chance at the end of the game, drives down and throws an interception that really Garrett Schrader did not need to throw that ball. Um, they just blew it. They, they they had their chance here and they did not they did not take it. They should have won this game and they didn't. Yeah, no other way to phrase it. I mean uh clemson just still keeps like they, I, I think we have the answer on them, right like they are just not going to lose in the acc they're I'm, going to make watching this game man i'm not convinced about that i'm not convinced that this is not a come clemson on team. look at the rest of their schedule yeah i'm not convinced that this is a clemson team that is not capable of like a, a just a loss that doesn't make sense i mean syracuse is not very good right like we don't think syracuse is that good and they no, but Syracuse has like three good players, which is more than you can say for the next four teams in their schedule. Yeah, man, I I don't know. I just they could lose to North Carolina. I'll give you that. They could lose yeah. to North Carolina in the ACC title game they, because they just might. They look bad. They they look. But come bad. on, they're not they're not going to lose to Notre Dame. We're just it's like Notre Dame's doing the same thing Clemson does, but worse. Yeah. Uh, and then Louisville, Miami, and South Carolina. No, none like, of those I, I don't. Like, none of them I would feel good about picking. But I also just I don't feel good about Clemson. I don't I. I've not. I have seen enough from them that I know that they are not that level of team. And that level, like when you're not on that level on the Ohio State, Georgia, usually Alabama level, it's really hard to go undefeated. Even if you lose a game that doesn't really make sense, like that is. I, I think that that Clemson is being lumped in with a, with an echelon of the sport that they're not in, where it is just assumed that they would not fuck up against teams that they should beat. Like it's not assumed they might do that. They could very well fuck up in one of those games, even though they shouldn't. Um, the uh, I agree fully that they're that they're not as good as a team in the top end of the sport. Obviously, like they're like probably like then you know they're not really a top eight team this year. Like I would yeah. say if you're asking me to pick who would win straight up, but I just don't think there's anyone in the schedule that can beat them, right? Like they already had their challenges, and they and they through luck or through uh, some actual game management won them. Like it's already yeah, it's done, right? It's only yeah, but. I- we see this every year, though. You know, we, we see a team every year. There's several teams every year who get to this point in the season undefeated, and, and it's, you know, well, who's going to beat them at this point? You know, who's going to beat TCU? Who's going to beat what, whatever? Like, and they do. Well, they, but T, I think that's a different ball game. Like, but uh, it just is, as a as an example, because I can't think of who would have been undefeated at this time last year. Yeah. But it, it there's always teams like that at this point in the season, and they always lose. They always lose. They always find a way to lose somewhere. I'm not like I don't like I said. I don't feel good about any of those four. Well, but I don't think them, it's impossible. I don't know, like Washington made Washington made the playoff, right? Like yeah. Michigan State made the playoff. Like it's happened. Yeah. That that awful Florida State team in uh, 2014 made yeah. the playoff. Yeah, uh, it, it, that's probably the example. Honestly, that is that like 
Uh, Florida, the 2014 Florida State team did nothing well, but just won all of its games and mm. was a repeat team. And then uh, got killed in the playoff by Oregon. Yeah. Uh, that's who Clemson is, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I have been on the uh, current Clemson is like mid-2010s Florida State since uh, like pretty early in the offseason. They are they are fully, they are on that path. Um Last thing to, to mention here, uh, DJ Uyunglele benched because he looked like shit. Um, he's not better. He's not better. They've changed the offense to make him less bad, but he's not better. He's the same exact guy that he was. Um, I think he's had a marginal improvement, but also it's still clearly not good enough to be a difference maker. Um, and But also, Kate Public looks terrible, too. He is now yeah. 9 of 19 in the season, averaging uh, 4.5 yards in attempt. So well, like, they not, let, there's no point in back. They let him throw four whole passes. That doesn't inspire confidence in you? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't think you've seen anything from play from no. Cade and his, like, five games he's played in to make it worth benching DJ, because at least DJ has a rushing threat to yeah. involve here. Uh, it has something to, which which Cade, I, I think, probably does not at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I am kind of... Yeah, look... I, this is probably a... This is a take that I'm sure that you will, you will disagree with, because I know that you liked Cade as a recruit, if memory serves. Um, I, I, he was really good, yeah. I think that he is the Tate Martell of this this era. I think that he is a guy who won oh. who who won a whole lot and was rewarded for it with his ranking and does not have the ability to actually back it up. He might not be as disastrously bad as Tate was, but I think that he is that kind of guy. I think that he has benefited quite a bit from winning uh, more than he has from being like good. I guess we'll see. I think he was a guy that, like, you know, all these top quarterback competitions did really well. And also, like, it's hard to say. Like, when you see a guy play at the highest level of Texas high school football and then win all of his games against other, like, you know, blue chip recruits and also beat them at all the competitions in the offseason and, like, look better doing it. Like, yeah. At a certain point, like, you just keep winning all of those things. Like, it matters, right? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I think if anything, it's it's like the lack of development and the lack of receiver play and lack of yeah. offensive play call is going to doom him at Clemson. Yeah, that, that, that is the issue state. too, is that he's playing at Clemson. That's not a good place to be right now. <laughs> that's a yeah, bad, yeah. bad for quarterbacks as it as it currently stands. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't believe in Clemson. I, I, I stand on that. Syracuse should have won this game and didn't, but um, this Clemson team is not. Not the one. Not doing it. Uh, Cincinnati 29, SMU 27. Cincinnati really, really, really tried to fuck this one up. Um, but they <clears throat> managed to hold on. SMU's uh, two-point conversion try at the end of the game fails. Would have gone to overtime. Almost certainly would have gone to overtime. Um, ben Bryant does indeed get the nod here instead of Evan Prater. He was questionable because of an injury. Um, he should not play anymore. Ben Bryant should not be the quarterback. He's bad. He is. He's not. He's not playing well. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I did tell you so. Yeah. He. It's just not. He just hasn't translated because he was better than this than that at, um, at Eastern. He was absolutely. He was better than this. He's just not. There's something wrong with him. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something wrong with him because he's not the same guy. Um, and I don't think it's that steep of a climb to uh, you know from the MAC to playing SMU's defense. It's not that big of a difference. This defense also sucks, just like the MAC defenses do. Um, he just doesn't have it in that same way. And, and Cincinnati's receivers have not been amazing either, and they were without uh, Tyler Scott in this game. But or um, what's his name? Is it Tyler Scott? Yeah, Tyler Scott. Yeah, they got, got a, right. they got right. a couple Scots. Tyler Scott, uh, also a guy that played basketball at my high school. So Love that. Him. Yeah. Um, but this was, uh, yeah, the offense right now is sort of the Charles McClellan show. And I, I think that if you're going to do that, like, just put the better 
runner in at quarterback. Like Evan Prater, we know is a better runner than Ben Bryant. If you're not going to be able to pass successfully anyway, you might as well make the running game more more viable. Yeah. Um, I mean, Prater is the better recruit. He's, I think he's been better on the actual field. He's a better runner. He's he's yeah. You know, I think he's just better. Passer. I think he's just a better player. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I did not watch this one live. Do you know, did Tanner Mordecai get hurt or did SMU finally do the right thing? Uh, I also, I was kind of locked in on the Ohio State game at the Clemson game, so I didn't I'm gonna, get a chance to see I'm this gonna, one. I'm going to take a look or. and see if I can see if I can get an idea for it yeah. on the fly. Wouldn't it be cool but, for us to do a little show prep? <laughs> mm, not going to be doing that. That's not a deal that we're going to be making. Um, yeah. Regardless, Preston, the, Preston We are Stone, not sending our best. Yeah, regardless, <laughs> Preston Stone did not play particularly well, but... They very nearly came back anyway. Um, SMU now just just as a just to mention this here, something to monitor. Uh, three and four. They're three and four now. They've lost four of their last five. The only one was a very close win over Navy. Um, like they've played some decent teams in there. It's it's been a it's been a tough road, and like they should be able to bounce back and still be yeah a bowl team. But dude, that's that's a bad. Mordecai was hurt by the way. Okay, just, yeah. just a, the, well, that's, uh, that's good news at least. <laughs> They'll improve moving forward with that. Um, yeah, that uh, it, this is not good. Not a good year one from Rhett Lashley. Really, really not living up to the the expectations uh, at all. I, they should have been better than this than they than uh, than they are. Sort of like Houston, it's just not not doing what they should be doing at this point. Um, yeah. Buffalo. Uh, do you want to talk about the really quick about the ACC, AAC playoff picture or uh, uh, conference championship picture? Um, insofar as what it's it's the uh, Cincinnati, Tulane, and and UCF. Well, yeah, I think I think basically we just got a clear answer out of this weekend, right? Like I think yeah. like after some of these games that happened, uh, I would argue ECU kind of put themselves at the margins of it. Like they're they're now three and two. Yeah. Uh, they play two of the four teams ahead of them. Like they they could. If they basically get a little bit lucky, they could they could sneak in here in the back end if they went yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, Houston's still alive technically at two yeah. and one. Uh, uh, UCF two and one now just got. We'll talk about the two lane or talk about the uh, ECU game a little bit. Um, and two lanes standing with undefeated. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's taking shape for sure. I, th- I think we basically have have kind of it's kind of becoming a, more of a fun race than I thought. Yeah, uh, as well. I, as I am curious. Um, we're going to mention the two lane game, but I am very curious about this the la- the last month of the season here for Tulane because we're going to know very quickly if they are or they aren't. Uh, it's it's at Tulsa, um, but then it's UCF at home, SMU at home, and at Cincinnati to end the season. So. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we we uh, I, I we'll see. Saw that uh, Bill Connolly's resume SP plus uh, currently has them as the number one uh, G five team in the country at seventeen. Huh. I mean, uh, they have resume. the best. They have the best win of the bunch, right? With Kansas State. Um, sure, but not... they have also taken care of business a lot as well. Yeah. I mean, they really fucked around in this Memphis game. Like they went up thirty five nothing, and yeah. then uh, got outscored twenty to three the rest of the game. Uh, classic, but it didn't matter. Classic obviously. approach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, is this moving into the afternoon? Uh, no, we still have three more games in Saturday noon slate. Uh, we have uh, Buffalo winning 34 27 against Toledo. Yeah. Uh, huge in the, win. In the Mac. Huge, yeah, huge win, win in the Mac. Come from behind win for them here. They were, they were trailing into the fourth quarter and then rattled off, I think, like 24 or 28 points in the last quarter to win this one, if memory serves. It might not have been that much, but they went nuts. They went nuts at the end of this game to uh, 
to yeah. to, to yeah, twenty four fourth quarter points for Buffalo. Yeah, to snake this one. Um, there's the uh, there's the Toledo pants shooting. I guess we we as soon as we counted it out, we <laughs> they were beyond this. Uh, no, no, they're not. Sure enough, they're not. Um, yeah, huge win. We we said coming into this week that this was a, a huge upset, home upset opportunity for Buffalo, um, and they went and did it. Uh, credit to them. They are they are quite a bit better than I expected or, or really had any sort of inkling that they would be. Um, Cole Snyder played yeah. really well in this game. Uh, I believe Daquan Finn got hurt on like the last play here for Toledo. Which he did. Is, he which did is get a the last play, which um, is very he, concerning for them, obviously going forward. But yeah. on the other hand, everyone else in the in the Mac West keeps losing games. So that is true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they're still they still have sole possession of first place and and are, and are pretty comfortable here. But but yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. If Daquan Finn's out for any kind of period of time, which of course there's not been much reporting on yet because it's Toledo football. Yeah, um, and it's also you know. Um, it's also you know 2022 where the teams just lie about all of the injuries. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, it's definitely concerning for Toledo. I, I still, ironically, even though they even though they shit their pants and blew this game, I kind of almost feel more confident about them as a football team coming out of this game if Daquan finish healthy because I thought they looked really good in the first three quarters against Buffalo. They got to finish that game, but. I don't know. I, I think they're a little bit less Mickey Mouse than I thought. Yeah, I, I would be. I say I would be. I kind of know that they're going to play again. I am curious to see their their rematch in the MAC title game because um, I I think like Buffalo goes Very and, likely. And, yeah, yeah Buffalo goes and gets it done and and again all credit to them huge win for that program but like yeah I I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that they're yeah. better than Toledo um, so I I'm excited about the chance to see this one again I'll mention yeah. real quick at some point at some point we are going to have to answer uh, responses to our uh, Tim Elvin note here the fact that he has now yeah <laughs> uh, uh, pressing for for a Mac yeah, title appearance yeah we, we'll, we are we're we'll, nervous about this we'll see about that I think Buffalo is gonna if it hasn't already I don't know if they've played Ohio already uh, if it hasn't I think it will take care of that business for us um, I'm gonna mention here real quick Ron Cook uh, halfback for Buffalo who seems to be coming on he 18 carries for 118 yards and a touchdown here. Um, we love good Buffalo running backs with very like 1950s white guy names, and this is another one. We, we they just they just keep on coming through. There's Kevin Marks. We got uh, we got Ron Cook now. Love these guys. Can't get enough of them. Um, on Ohio, briefly, we're not going to talk about the game. They beat NIU, but um, I do want to ask you just to see if if you happen to know. Do you know who Ohio's like leading receiver is by a pretty wide margin this year? Like easily the best player on the team, probably. Uh, no. So with 49 receptions, 579 yards, and seven touchdowns at this point, damn good. It's Sam Wigloos, former Ohio State oh, walk-on walk Sam Wigloos. Yeah, he's going nuts out there, him and Curtis Rourke. Um, yeah, good for them. I, 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 don't like Tim, awesome. I don't like Tim Alvin. I don't think he's a good coach. I don't know how much I trust this, but uh, good for him. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, glad to see, uh, I'm glad to see those two doing well. Uh, Baylor 35, Kansas 23. It's just a bummer. It's it's a bummer that that this is what has happened to Kansas. I don't really think that it's that it's Kansas's fault. Um, Jalen Daniels. Yeah, was, I mean Jalen Daniels is just a huge part of that. Yeah, team. yeah, it just made it all sort of go. And when you don't have him, it's it doesn't go. Uh, and that's uh, it's a bummer. You know, the the depth here is is obviously 
not where I think it will be within the next couple of years. It, it, it is still very much a, a work in progress, and I think that they're probably still going to get to a bowl game, I would hope. Um, well, tough schedule. Tough schedule. They, yeah. But, <laughs> they get a bye uh, week this week, then come back to play Oklahoma State at home, Texas Tech on the road, Texas at home, and Kansas State on the road. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it just uh, it stinks. It, the, the offensive line is not – strong enough to support the the rushing attack the way that they do things when you don't have Jalen Daniels back there as a threat. Jason Bean is not the guy that Jalen Daniels is as a runner or obviously as a passer. Um, and it is just sort of, uh, it just doesn't work in the same way. And it's, it's a bummer. But Jalen Daniels will be back at some point for Kansas, maybe not this season, but in general, he's not going anywhere. And I don't think Kansas is either, even if this season is not continued the way that it started. Um, I don't have a whole lot else to say on that game. Just kind of a bummer. Yeah, I guess I guess also one thing to note here is Blake Shapin looks really good. Yeah. I mean, like he keeps getting better. He he is uh they made the right choice, I think, by, by starting Blake Shapin and by yeah. uh I'm glad that they're out old. I'm glad that they're starting to actually play him now too. Like they're letting him throw the ball. Yeah. That's nice. That's a nice change of pace that they're letting and, him throw the ball because he's really good at it. The more the more we've seen from that BYU team since Baylor lost to them too, the more uh frustrating the way Baylor handled yeah. the game is too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just Kind of a waste, <laughs> kind of a waste yeah. there because they really should have won that game. Uh, two really inexplicable losses against BYU and WU this season. Just absolutely should not have lost either one of those games. Yep, for sure. All right, closing out the uh, the noon slate here. Duke forty five, Miami twenty one. We we referenced it a couple <laughs> times earlier, but um, it's bad. It's bad at Miami right now. Uh, specifically, it is bad to the tune of eight turnovers. Five fumbles, three interceptions. Tyler Van Dyke got hurt. The most in FBS history. I'm going to put that out. No team has ever had eight turnovers in an FBS game before this year. Is that right? I thought that it was since, that's, like, I thought it was since 2009 or something. Uh, that That's still, I, that's I thought a lot. it's the most in FBS history. It's a lot, regardless. It, maybe it's tied for the most in FBS history. So it's a lot. It's too many. Um, yeah, we, we mentioned some of the comments from after the game from Mario Cristobal. Uh, about how his team stinks and doesn't play very hard and all that shit. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that works. It's an interesting strategy. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that works for him. Oh, correction. I'm I'm pulling it up here. It looks like uh, it looks like uh, it has happened previously. Uh, it has happened eight times in college football history. Okay. A team has committed eight turnovers. Um, this is the this is the first since 2017. So just just a bad tweet I saw out there. So yeah. I'm gonna play that on somebody else. They're they're in good they're in good company then. Um, yeah, Duke really didn't do a whole lot here. It was not a like an amazing Duke performance, but eight turnovers is gonna is gonna do it for you. I think generally, if you are if you are Miami, that's gonna be that's gonna be too many. Um, wouldn't recommend doing that. You have any thoughts on this? Um, no, very funny that they did the. Um... Uh, very funny they did the the breaking the U over the knee thing. I don't know if that celebration of the Duke player. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> breaking breaking the U over his knee. Very amusing. I really did enjoy that. Um, but but generally, uh, no, Miami sucks. Just a joke of program where I talked about him. Yeah. Um, let's get into the Saturday afternoon game. I think this is the, probably the best slate of the of the day. Uh, yeah. So Oregon, Oregon won 45-30 at home against UCLA. Um did you watch any of this game, or were you were you driving? I was driving. I was listening to it on the radio, though. From what I gathered, um, this was sort of a game state loss for UCLA. Yeah, neither defense made a stop until the fourth quarter. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, or basically, UCLA settled for some field goals early on, 
and then Oregon got an extra possession off a successful onside kick in the second quarter, yep. and that was the ball game. Um, but no, Oregon, uh, Oregon's defense actually never forced a punt the entire game. Okay. Uh, they had an interception uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, and that was the only stop they got. Every other UCLA possession ended in a score, yeah. and uh, UCLA forced one punt on the day by Oregon. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm so looking just, at a, just, uh, I'm looking at a zero percent stop rate here for Oregon. That's not very good. <laughs> That's not very good at all. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, man, it's tough. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, um, no, I don't know. Oregon, I mean, it's a nice win for Oregon. Obviously, UCLA was undefeated coming to this game. Um, I, I just still don't really think very highly of Oregon. I think their defense is really terrible. Um, it was a game state win for them. Their offense is really impressive. I mean, it's been really good so far this season. Yeah. Um, Kenny Dillingham is beating the Charges at the moment. So is Bo Nix. Just a shocking world, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. Not sure what to do with that. Yeah, not I, sure what they're doing in a year where Kenny Dillingham, Bo Nix offense is like crushing teams. Uh-huh. Um, very disturbing to see. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I think Oregon is a pretty meek football team. It's probably going to get smacked when it plays like Utah again. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It always does. Uh, I just hope Utah makes it to, to that game. Or do they play the regular season? I have to double check that. Hard to say. Um, Impossible to know for sure. There's no way to check. Um, <laughs> Oregon. I know Oregon misses USC. Uh, let's see. They do play Utah, in fact, okay. in the second to last week of the season. Yeah. Uh, they play. They have a three-game stretch of Washington, Utah, and Oregon State. So hmm. I'm sure they'll make it through those. That, that is, you really high. could not play three more different teams in consecutive weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that is wow. That is that is three very very different football teams right there. Um, yeah, Oregon's offense looks good. I, the the skill position guys here are really impressive. Bucky Irving, uh, Noah Whittington played some. He I thought he played well. Troy Franklin has been good all year. Uh, Bo Nix gets the ball to him. He he does. Um, I'm still kind of waiting for the the Bo Nix game. We got one this year already with the, against Georgia, and I think that that is always a risk. But um, yeah, that there just the margin for error here was really low because UCLA's defense was not getting off the field, and it it you know, had the possession taken with the onside kick and had a turnover and just, that was it. That was the, that was the game. It was, it was not taking advantage of scoring opportunities to their, to their fullest extent, turning the ball over once, losing one possession. That's it. That'll do it. Um, good win for Oregon, disappointing from UCLA, but I, I think they are still well on their way to, um, honestly, I think they're probably going to beat USC and I don't know that's going to be super close. So well on their way to 11 and one still. Um, We'll see. Excited for that one still. Uh, Oklahoma State forty-one, Texas thirty-four. Uh, they're not. They're not as good. I don't think as we thought they were. <laughs> I don't think they're as good as we thought they were. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, they they just really shit their pants this game. Quinn Ewers looked terrible. Yeah. Uh, three <laughs> interceptions. The last one. Uh, he's also nineteen of forty-nine in the day, if I recall correctly. Uh, the last interception, ironically, he was actually dealing on that last drive. And then uh, he had like two great completions uh, and then a pass bounce that would have taken him down into the 25 yard line, bounced right off his receiver's hands to get reception. Mm-hmm. Um, once he finally started playing well, the rest of the team failed him, which was very, very funny. Cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of pressure from Oklahoma State. Uh, Texas defense had a really bad fourth quarter, which I think is all people watched in this game, yeah. but mostly played well. They just didn't tackle in the fourth quarter, but but mostly it was a, a fine unit. They just were getting screwed over by the offense. Yeah. Um, Really bad day from Quinn, really bad day from Texas offense. 
Um, it seems like fourth quarter. Oklahoma State. It yeah. seems like fourth quarter tackling has been kind of an issue for Texas, which is a bad quarter to not be able to tackle in. I, I think if I was picking one quarter that I would really want to be able to tackle in, it would be that one. Um, they should do something about that because that's two games now that they've lost because they can't tackle in the fourth quarter. Um, that yeah, that that's uh, that's not great. So I, I did not, I did not get to watch this one live because I was in the car. But I, I'm curious. I'm going to ask you. Um, why did Bijan Robinson not carry the ball more? Why did they? Why? Why did he only carry the ball twenty four times? Like he was. It doesn't seem like they had any answer for him. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's baffling. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. Um, it's just Sark, right? I mean, it's just what Sark does. He's now. Yeah. I, I actually pulled the exact stat here, but like they just lose close games constantly, right? It's just like what he's done at Texas every single time. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a thing too with this offense that I have noticed I have seen it firsthand at Utah State because they they run a very similar uh tempo at least it's not the same offense but it's the same kind of tempo where you you really are committed to going as fast as you possibly can like Texas is um there's a thing that can happen when you do that where you might have a lead you might be playing well whatever it might be or you might be losing and and when it's not when it's not operating correctly, when it's not working, when you're having those three and outs, it will you will just die. You will completely die. It, it, it this offense is incongruent with three and outs. You cannot have them. And uh, Texas was was not operating with the kind of the kind of efficiency that you need for this to work. Alabama has struggled with this as well in recent years. Like you just you cannot be inefficient when you're doing this because you're going to put your defense back on the field after like two actual real life minutes and it just you can't be doing that. You cannot do that consistently because you will lose the game. Um and that is yeah. That's sort of been the story for a lot of Texas losses over the last couple of years and and really mm-hmm. for a lot of the teams that run that system. It's just you need to be efficient if you're going to do it because you're you're creating really really high percentage passes you're creating plays that should work they need to work if they don't work you're fucked you will be you'll be off the field in 30 seconds and your defense is not going to be able to get off the field like it it is uh it's bad it can get it can get really ugly really quickly with those kind of offenses Um, it's the problem that last year's ohio state team had right like what basically like like somebody when they they don't have that kind of a a rush attack element like this the the funny part is this team does have a rush attack they just didn't use it yeah uh and they weren't getting ahead of the chains yeah, it's really bad for you. It goes south really quickly. Yeah. Um. But but no. Uh, now Sark is three and eight in one score games at Texas. Mm-hmm. Um. He is he has taken on the Matt Campbell challenge of doing his best to win it. Um, man, man. If if you if you flipped those, it would be, it would be a very interesting tenure to be talking about right now. But you you don't you can't, you can't flip them. He's three and eight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They need you gotta to win the actual games, dude. Yeah, gotta win the actual <laughs> games. Um. Speaking of offenses like that, that that sort of faltered and, and ended up uh, falling into really bad losses because of it. LSU forty five, Ole Miss twenty. Um. This was the uh, I'm about to bust narrative buster of the week. I could smell this shit in Ole Miss's pants, and sure enough, um. Yeah, they they just didn't didn't have it here. Jackson Dart was not able to elevate them in the way that he needed to. The rushing attack, while good, was not good enough. Um. And LSU just sort of strangled them. LSU was just stronger, better in the trenches, and uh, uh, they 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 reminded Ole Miss of their place in the SEC. I think uh, this was a uh, this was a talent gap game. Still, even for LSU, which has been down for a couple years now, this was a talent gap game. Yeah, it's also just like an Ole Miss is exactly as shitty as you and I have been saying they are. Dan. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like uh, I know I, I was kind of interested in Ole Miss's ability to maybe run the football on this LSU team. Obviously, they didn't do that and couldn't do that. Yeah, especially with Zach Evans out. Um, basically, every play where they had 
uh, Ulysses Bentley playing was a was a negative play. You know what I mean? Like they, they did not want to have him at the game at all, and he was he had a pretty frustrating, I think, uh, uh, performance. Yeah, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, he only maybe touched the ball like a couple times. But uh, I mean, Christian Judkins was like visibly tired, but they still couldn't just they couldn't make anything happen. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it was a blowout. LSU closed the game forty two to three after after almost his early start. Yeah. Um, Jaden Daniels has quietly been really good. I want to point that out too, uh, which I, I hate to admit, but uh, he is averaging uh, something like 400 yards accounted for in the last three games uh, and has not uh, completed fewer than uh, 70% of his passes during that stretch. Yeah. Like he is, <laughs> he's been really, really good for LSU in this stretch. Um, I, I still don't think it's like anything where I would take him seriously mm-hmm. uh, over <laughs> for any sort of like a, a real opponent, but. Yeah, LSU is probably going to finish second in the SEC West and, and win, I don't know, nine games. That's a that's a good season. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good season. He, uh, Jaden Daniels specifically as a runner, man, Ole Miss had no answer at all. <laughs> just no answer. Nothing. Nothing going on like they had never seen it before. Just, just, just baffled, bewildered, looking at a quarterback who can run. Just no no answer at all. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this too, by the way. If you're Ole Miss, like, you're going to lose to Alabama next week, right? That's going to be your third loss of the season. Yeah. Uh, you second. finished the year at – at Arkansas, no third. They already. Uh, no, they were undefeated. They lost. LSU. I said. Oh, LSU. Sorry, I thought you. I thought you meant Ole Miss. Yeah. Yes, that'll no, be. You're good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they play Alabama next week, or so they get a bye week. Then Alabama. Then they go at Arkansas, uh, home against UAB at Texas A&M. Mm. Um, careful here. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> all I'm saying is careful. Don't don't get too high on the horse just because you beat Ole Miss. Uh, you can you can fuck those games up pretty easily. Just yeah. just be real careful to end the season. I, uh, although on the other hand, too, like getting a bye week before you play a, a pretty, I think a pretty uh, you know takeable Bama team yeah. means you can win the SEC still. Yeah, man. I I I know that like. I would say that I, I feel I you know I know it's foolish to believe in in Brian Kelly but like I don't think it is I, he does this pretty consistently like he he's an asshole and it seems like I don't I don't really know why people would want to play for him but his teams are good his teams win games they win probably more games than they should um, I everywhere he goes yeah. yeah it's it's hard for me to imagine that he's gonna fuck it up down the stretch like it's they're pretty consistently ready to play uh, and if they're not ready to play they get ready really quickly like they're their halftime adjustments this year have been really good consistently. They've been really, really good. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's probably going to be a pretty strong finish for them. Man, back-to-back road games for Alabama at LSU and at Ole Miss uh, after gaining, getting, losing to Tennessee. And yeah. then also, like, uh, I know they beat Mississippi State pretty comfortably because Mississippi State didn't finish any of their drives. Mm-hmm. But were, I believe, outgained on Mississippi State in that, in that game. Yeah. Um, like, had the ball moving them all day. That defense is not fixed. It's not getting fixed. Yeah. Uh, the offense also is still just Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Look, um, I, I don't know that LSU is going to have the offensive firepower to to do that, but I will say um, LSU's defensive coordinator Matt House knows what he is doing, and if Bill O'Brien which is so funny, yeah, and if Bill O'Brien doesn't, forever. if Bill O'Brien doesn't know what he's doing, uh, it could be trouble. That could, that, could, that could very much be trouble for Alabama. Um, yeah, it is funny that Matt House has learned how to coach. I don't know when he did that. <laughs> Yeah, he was really like he was a bad DC at Pitt. Uh, he was he, he had to drop down to FIU, yeah, uh, and get a job there. And then he made it back up to Kentucky. He was pretty good at Kentucky, I think. And then yeah. 
But did he get fired there? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't think he got. I don't think he got fired. I remember him being pretty good there. I mean, their defenses have been good for a while now. Um, yeah, he was DC 20, uh, 2017, 2018, then took a linebacker coach job for the Chiefs. It's kind of weird though to like leave a DC job to be a linebackers coach, even in the NFL. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then to come back. I, yeah, that that is that's a strange career path. Uh, Liberty forty one, BYU fourteen. Uh, Jesus Christ. It, 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 Good God. I mean, it's really bad. Yeah. It, the defense at BYU is pathetic. It's pathetic. It's really, really awful. It's soft. They look slow. They've had some injuries. Jaron Hall has not been fully himself, but what a what a, what a a disappointing season from BYU. Really bad. Really embarrassing. They should not be like this. Yeah, no, no other argument for it. Um, and fucking Liberty is basically doing exactly what we talked about with TCU too. Like they had some lucky wins or some close wins early in the season, kind of hung in there long enough to figure some things out, and yeah. now seem to be actually getting shit correct. Like yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's generous to say, but they are now starting to kind of figure out after going through three quarterbacks what their offense is supposed to look like. Um, seven and one of the year. Yeah, uh, their only loss came by one point on the road to Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, they've beaten UAB. They've beaten BYU. Yeah, they, they get a chance against Arkansas in two weeks of the bye week. Yeah. They and they very nearly won that. Like the Wake Forest game, the score is very much reflective. Like it was a two. I yes. think it was a two point conversion that didn't work, and that was the game. Correct. That's like that. Yeah. And they had some very lucky moments in that game, but still. Um, yeah, Hugh Freeze. I mean, he can he can fucking coach. It's like the Brian Kelly thing. I don't like Hugh Freeze, but he can coach. His, his teams are good. Yeah. His teams are consistently good. Um, another team. I, I think the funniest outcome is if someone in the Big Ten hires him. That would that, be that like, would be really good. Nebraska hires just, him. <laughs> yeah, beat beat the SEC to the punch. Just get him at like I don't know Indiana head coach Hugh Freeze for oh, our Indiana man. followers would be so funny. Oh God, like, they would be so mad about that. They would no, be they so, would love it, dude. No, dude. Are you kidding? They, would, they would be love it. they would be so mad when he gets hired, and they would be so, they would be it would be so difficult the cognitive the cognitive dissonance when it works like I, that. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be very. very if you if you're an Indiana fan, send us your opinion of what Hugh Freeze would do at your school with a picture of Kramer the dog attached. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if and, Kramer's and not involved, I'm not going to read it. That's just that's <laughs> that's my rule. I have a filter. Um, another team who I think has kind of done this, where they started off the season lucky and they have since become good. Uh, you mentioned them earlier, Tulane 38, Memphis 28, not as close as the final score indicates. Great transition, Patrick. Great yeah, um, Michael Pratt gets the job done here, does what he needs to do. Tajay Spears looked really good, 24 carries for a buck 25. Um, they jumped all over him and then, like you said, sort of just sat on it and let Seth Hennigan come back a little bit. But um, good win, another good win for Tulane. And they, they have that, that very interesting last month to end the season here. Uh, on the other side of things, Memphis, it is time. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. Move on. Ryan Sonfield is not the guy. Move on. Get this offseason, yeah, move it's on. It's coming. Come on. It's it, it just, no, this is not it. He does not have it. The offense does not have it. The defense certainly does not have it. Uh, they're wasting time. They, it, it, you're just, just throwing years away for no reason. The AAC is about to be wide fucking open. You cannot have that with this guy at the at the helm. You can't. Memphis needs to be ready for the moment, and he is not going to be the guy who can do that. Absolutely not. Yeah, uh, it, it's time to call it, I think, I think very clearly. Um, I mean, shit, they could probably hire Willie Fritz if they, if they tried hard enough. Like, it's a, it's, yeah. it's a better job than, than Tulane, <laughs> right? Like, just go get that guy's coach. Go get their coach. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. Uh, hire Hugh Freeze. Like, like yeah. go get someone serious. Oh, my God. Games. Oh, my God. Hugh Freeze at Memphis. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. They'd be so fucking good. <laughs> they would be so They'd good. They'd be the best team in the G5 overnight. Holy shit. Overnight. 
they're recruit. They would be recruiting like a pretty good SEC team. They would recruit out of their fucking minds. That was his also, era. That was like that was where he cut his teeth. Was Memphis? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah Hugh, he, Hugh Freeze dishing the religious act, like the Reform Man Act, the second he gets the Memphis. Like, <laughs> he, he's like posting pictures with Money Bag Yo. Yeah, uh, the minute he gets the campus, that's what we need to happen. Oh I need god. that version of Hugh Freeze. That would honestly, yeah. that would be a very fun redemption arc. Like I, there are a lot of people who would still hate Hugh Freeze. I think for good reason, but it would be very difficult for me to be mad at like Golden Grills Hugh Freeze hanging out with Money Bag Yo. Oh, like yeah. I think that would be like every year on on the anniversary of uh, Young Dolph's death, like posting a uh, posting like a tribute video. Like that would be that is a very very funny rebrand for Hugh Freeze that I think would would make perfect sense. I, I he would it would fit like a glove. He'd be he'd be perfect. Have- have you seen the uh, the videos going around of the Memphis accent and like rappers with the Memphis accent? I have not. Oh, uh, I'm gonna send this to you. Could you please cut it in right here, uh, just like in this, in this part of the podcast? It'd be yeah. great if we could get this like audio clip in there. It's very funny. I'll send it to you after the show. Okay. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the first thing. It'll be a mutual, a mutual thing. My ears not even purged. You like me confusing me, collect. You keep going too far in the east, east man. You'll be in Mississippi, like. All right, I've been giving my fans the gangster music. Like, is you really prepared for it? Not if you want it. Mm-hmm. We need to hear like mm-hmm. in the mix of everything else. So H, Houston, I love Houston, Texas. I know how to make music different. I know how to make the catchy, simpler uh, vibe of sauce music. Like all the music was sauce music. All right, what what is uh, what's next year? I'm. I'm... Our next game is uh, Wisconsin winning 35-24 at home against Purdue. Uh, just great win for Jim Leonard. I mean, like Purdue, he, he, they, Wisconsin just keeps improving. I, I think Graham Burtz is actually really good. Mm. Um, friend of the show, dude, I'm sorry. It's true. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't uh, want to say it any more than you did. Um, well, but, that's good because I'm not going to. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh, someone noted that during that game, he was like six of six on rollouts, like four first downs on his throws there. Yeah. Uh, basically, just very good with moving the pocket for him. Um, they kind of give him, it makes the game very simple for him, right? He gets one read. Like if that's things not open, just take off and run and try to get four yards. Yeah. Like that's, that's what they're offering him now. And he's good at that. Like he, he has the arm straight. I think he just a trout. Like he struggles to process the game, right? Is the way I view it. Uh, and the good part is he's never going to the NFL. So he doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah. He doesn't have to process things. Yeah. He can just be a one read quarterback because you can do that. Yeah, this this game is. Jaden Daniels. Yeah, yeah. This game is, I think, the to this point, the strongest indication that uh, Paul Christ was specifically limiting. Um, oh, what's his name? Ingram, Bobby Ingram, the the new offensive coordinator. That he was specifically yeah. holding him back because they look different. The way that the offense works is different now. They have they have absolutely changed some things. They have added things. They have become more aggressive. It is still. It's still Wisconsin, obviously. They're still doing a lot of those things, but uh, this is much closer, like what we were talking about, which is like add some add some wrinkles. Just you know, get him moving, get Graham get get Graham Mertz moving, do some work for him, help him out. Uh, that, that absolutely, I, I I think that that is, you know, if it's if it's that Jim Leonard honestly believes that, or if he just doesn't know enough about offense to get in the way. Either way, the result is the same. Not my problem. Does not matter. Uh, I don't think Dave Aranda gives a gives a shit about what Jeff Grimes does on offense. It's not. That's fine. <laughs> that's no problem. Bobby at all. Ingram. Yeah, Bobby Ingram. Yeah, but uh, but like that's 
that if you're going to be a defense, although, although you speaking uh, Wisconsin OC Jeff Grimes, who's good, that's very fun. No, I was I saying like I was saying that like if the comparison is Dave Aranda at Baylor, that's the kind of defensive head coach that I have no problem with is the one who literally does not care about the offense. That's not my problem. I'm the defense guy. I don't even I don't want to even <laughs> think about the offensive meeting. Like the ones who want to who want to interfere, that's where you're going to get into problems. That's where you're going to get into problems. But like if Jim Leonard just wants to leave him alone, that's great. That's the best possible outcome. That is, that is ideal. Um, on Purdue's side, man, they just don't, they just don't win these games. They just don't win these games. When Purdue under Jeff Brom is in position to win a big game, like a, a game that is actually important for them and is not just pulling off an upset. They don't do it. They can't do it. They're not built to do it. Uh, I know last year that they went nine and three or whatever. They don't win these games. They don't. They. I don't think they ever will under him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's tough. I mean, especially. I mean, it comes out of turnovers too, right? Aiden O'Connell just turned the ball over a lot in this game. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had three interceptions. I think Purdue had four total turnovers, if I recall correctly. Just hard to win a game doing that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's because of the game plan too, right? Like the teams they play against are, are like have no problem stopping that kind of Purdue team. Um. I don't know. Like they're getting everything they want out of their receiving production too, right? Charlie Jones was really good. Payne Durham was really good. Yeah. Aiden O'Connell was getting yards, even for the ball over. Like at a certain point, I, I don't know. It's just not working for Purdue, right? Like this was a bad loss to take. Uh, I know Wisconsin is a good football team. They're going to be turned around, but now, like I mean, Purdue is is probably going to finish like third or fourth in the, in the division and going to go like seven and five, like uh, yeah. on the optimistic side. Like it's it's a pretty tough year for them, and I think pretty disappointing. And I think Rom is. Probably gonna tap out and go to Louisville, right? It's probably about time. I would, I would think. I mean, that's what I would do. But also, I probably wouldn't have been at Purdue in the first place. But um, yeah, I, I just like, and and for Purdue that that it's consistently a bowl team and it's not even a question is absolutely that's a good thing. That is, you know, program. Not every program can be a serious contender, but they they've knocked on the door. They've had several chances, and they just don't they just don't take it. And I, it, it's frustrating because. They're, they're, it's obvious that they have the ability to do it. It's obvious that they are good enough that they should be able to win this game. Wisconsin's not that good. They should be able to win this game, and they just don't every year. They just don't. Um, it's been more. It's been, it's been almost two decades since they have beaten Wisconsin. And like, I get Wisconsin is what it is, and it has been very good for a while. But there were years they should have gotten one, and they didn't. Um, down the stretch here, they get Iowa at home, at Illinois, Northwestern at home, and then at Indiana. So they've got at least two more wins, probably three, but I don't think they're going to beat Illinois. Um, and that's, you know, that's it. That's the ball game. That's it. You can't lose that one, and I don't I don't think they're going to win it. Um, yeah. Do, yeah. We, we are talking about 10-2 and two Illinois uh, with only losses to Michigan and Indiana on the schedule. Very, very funny. <laughs> Oh man! If there was literally, I think seriously, if there was one result this season, I could go and change it. Would be that one. I think I would get rid of that fucking loss on the books because that sucks. Yeah, that's especially if we're talking about about ten and zero Illinois going to play uh, uh, Michigan, right? Like, that's, God damn it! That's a fuck Indiana. What a fucking dog shit program. Stupid. <laughs> Why'd you have to go win that game, piece of shit? You robbed yeah. us of ten and zero Illinois. I don't ask for much. I just ask for 10 and 0 Illinois. That's that's not that much. Um, all right, UTSA 31, North Texas 27. Just want to mention this briefly. Good win from UTSA, who is going to win the CUSA. Uh, North Texas is good. North Texas is fine. North Texas is is 
sort of has abandoned the thing that worked for it in the back half of last season, is not running the ball super well, but uh, they have figured out the passing game well enough that they can still be competitive against a very good UTSA team. Uh, But UTSA does what good teams do, uh, what it has done for much of the season and really for the entirety of the Jeff Trailer tenure. Um, These receivers also just so, so fucking good. They're so good. Zachary Franklin was not even really a huge factor in this game, uh, but Joshua Cephas was 11 catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. DeCorian Clark had a touchdown, 6 for 54. Uh, And then in the backfield, Brendan Brady was good. Kavorian Barnes, yeah, Kavorian Barnes was pretty good. Frank Harris is as he was. Um, This team is just really good. They're they're just a really good team. They're, they're, They're really, really solidly built. Also uh, worth noting, still a chance here for North Texas to get back into this Cusa title game. Yeah, uh, they they play Western Kentucky uh, next week mm. uh, on the road, uh, and if they win that game, they would uh, basically have control of their de- control of their own destiny with a one and a half game lead uh, over the next like next place team behind them for the, mm. for the Conference USA title game. So um, big them. game coming up. Actually, I'm looking forward to that game. I think Western Kentucky probably wins, but I'm still looking forward to that game. Yeah, I I, I would agree with. That. I think Western Kentucky is probably pretty easily the second best team in the conference, but we'll see. We'll, we'll get to watch it. Uh, moving yep. now into the evening, which was fine. Disappointing. It was, yeah, it was, it was okay. It could have been better. Uh, Alabama yeah. 30, Mississippi state six, the six came on literally the last play of the game. Um, yeah, the, that's yep. Sure enough. It's Mike Leach against Nick Saban. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is every year. And it's what it will always be. It's not. Yeah. The, well, it's actually the first time that Mississippi state scored points against Alabama. Under yeah. And it, it only took them the entire game. It literally had to score it in, uh, in, in garbage time. They really, really impressive stuff. Good job guys. Uh, really job well done. Go out in there and get in the touchdown. It only took you uh, three entire games, and then you did it on the last play of the game after a coverage bust, and I believe also a penalty on the drive from Alabama. Um, it's it's uh, it's pathetic. <laughs> it's fucking pathetic. I get that Mississippi State is not in a position where it should be beating Alabama every year or anything, but Jesus Christ, they can't even do they can't do anything on offense. This is the offense program, and they can't do shit on offense against the only team in the conference who they actually need to beat. Uh, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my lead is what? It's, it's his third season there now, or is it his fourth year? Third, third season, right? Yeah, third. Third. So he's now been outscored 120 to 15 uh, by <laughs> Alabama and his uh, his three games against them. Uh, like you said, I'm not expecting to beat them, but uh, with the defense they have, just do anything. They have a pretty solid defense this year. Just do something. Yeah. I mean, like they've had some injuries, but uh, no, it's, it's pretty bad. Obviously, losing these games back to back to Kentucky. Alabama is tough. Uh, they get a bye week now. Uh, before getting Auburn at home, Georgia at home, East Tennessee State at home, and, and Ole Miss on the road in the Egg Bowl. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, they've won five games. They're probably going to win seven or eight. Like, it's not a terrible season, but yeah. And, and, and their only losses are to, like, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Arkansas, and LSU, or sorry, Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, and LSU. Yeah. Then it's not the end of the world, but this sucks, dude. I don't know. It's just boring. Like, they're not, they're not. Mississippi State can do better than this. I'm bored. Yeah, I'm bored. Uh, ECU 34, UCF 13. Got a big oh, old go. big old grin on my face here. Uh, UCF turns the ball over four times, including three from Golden Boy John Reese Plumley. Uh, guys, as it turns out, he's not a quarterback. He's <laughs> still not a quarterback. It's uh, he fools y'all. He's just running around. It's not. He's not a quarterback. Holton Aylers, that's a quarterback. 30 of 36 for 311 and a touchdown. Um, 
big win for ECU, really impressive win for ECU. Uh, UCF, you got to get that checked out. That's not good. You got to get that checked out. That shit is, you cannot let that fester. That's not good. No, uh, it, is, it is really bad. In fact, uh, I know Malzahn got asked in the postgame presser uh, about uh, if he would consider replacing John Reese probably. And he, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe he said he would, uh, but, but pretty bad, right? Yeah. Really bad result for them. Um, yeah, and also Keaton Mitchell was great in the Russian attack for your free Carolina too. Like their offense was just cooking. Yeah, uh, they completely schemed up UCF. They were all over them. Um, they had a twenty-four to three lead at one point in time. They just kind of they roll in this game. Um, super comfortable from them. Yeah. Uh, UCF sucks, right? Like their their transfer island is not working. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm gonna. I will push back. I know that I am also very staunchly UCF. I mean, they are still. They have a good record. Like they've not. It's not been a total failure. But in a game like this, you need to do better than that. That and I, I don't expect that they're going to have a whole lot uh, going on for Cincinnati. Um, the, but the, the point is, like, you don't. You don't have to settle UCF for just having like an eight and four record in the AAC. Like they you should can do a lot more. Than they that. should be doing more than they are. I. I think we. We are. We have made our. You know. I think uh, doing so by their own metric, they suck. Like yeah, on, the, doing, on the scale they're being graded on, they suck. Yeah, doing this at UCF is unnecessary. I I really don't know. It it does not it does not suit the program. They should not be doing this. And and I you know you could say oh it's it's part of the transition. You know they're gonna they're gonna start recruiting more locally once they get into the Big Twelve. I get it. Gus Malzahn is not going to do that. He can lie to you and say he will, but he's not. He's not going to. He's never done that. Uh, like he, yeah, he's a terrible local recruiter when he was at when he was at uh, Auburn. He's like really bad he, at it. He, that's the thing with him is that he, yeah, he's gonna win you eight games. That's, yeah, he'll win you eight games. Sure enough, he's gonna probably win them about eight games, and uh, like he's gonna hire his friends, and they're gonna be limited by the fact that Chip fucking Lindsay is their offensive coordinator, and we know that he's bad. We know that he's bad. We know he's not good. He's never been good, and it's still like that's just that's the thing. And I think UCF should should expect better than that and it seems like it doesn't it seems like this is what ucf wants to be is eight and four and that's uh embarrassing frankly it's embarrassing they should be better than this it's time to get hugh freeze <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hiring him out to anybody who anybody who calls if you call we'll send hugh freeze yeah that's you know <laughs> as uh it's time to get a tom herman style individual for ucf yeah we're, we're giving a hugh a, a taste of his own medicine there um boy hugh and tom that's a power couple right there those two could do some oh, damage yeah. you set them loose in in either orlando or memphis they're doing some damage in elementary school too yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> they can't go near those there's there's some rules against that but we're working the courts have treated us very unfairly on that front um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh tcu 38 kansas state 28 kansas state has unfortunately here fallen victim to tcu's uh, bizarre relationship with the dark one himself uh they just they just keep doing it uh kansas state was onto its third string quarterback here for a large part of this game uh, second stringer Will Howard honestly played pretty well, all things considered, but the offense really kind of fell apart as the yeah. game went on, and TCU was able to come back. Um, I am the, also the last guy, the third string guy. Uh, I think it's James Rubley's his name. Uh-huh. Look him up real quick. Very, he is like a very blue steel model picture ass uh, profile picture. Okay, uh, for his uh, for his team picture, I think it's James. J- Jake, Rubley. Jake Rubley. Jake Rubley is like a CPAC name. That's it's like a uh, it's, that's that's a that's a turning, he has a CPAC face. Yeah, too. that's Look a at his face. that's a that Turning is, Point USA ass name. Um, that is that yeah, is libertarian sh- Devin Leary is what he. Like. Yeah, he does kind of look like Libertarian Devin Leary a little bit. Oh man, yeah, Jesus, I don't like to look at this guy. 
I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this character already. Um, well, he he did really well here. Zero for one with one interception. <laughs> went it went really well for him. Um, yeah, great job, loser. Yeah, the, <laughs> the the thing that I am taking solace in with this TCU. Uh, thing to to avoid being <laughs> apoplectic about the fact that they just won't lose is that uh, Sonny Dykes does this like every year. SM, his SMU team started off like pretty much every season that he was there eight and zero, and then finished eight and four. So uh, he he will figure out a way to fuck this up. He always does. Um, but uh, man, I don't know, dude. The schedule's really easy. Yeah, it was easy at SMU too, and he still figured out a way. <laughs> he is he is a master of finding losses where there should not be losses. Like for example, a uh, a noon kick at West Virginia this upcoming weekend, which we know we know West Virginia is not good. I don't know that it matters. Uh, they go to te- uh, they go to Texas on November 11th. They go to Baylor the week after that. They get Iowa State at home. I, after say, that. I like, think the funniest scenario for this for this season is getting the. Uh, like Texas, it's a huge Texas back win and, and beats TCU at home to like get jump back into the rankings. Yeah, and then immediately loses to Kansas the following week <laughs> uh, to, to let Kansas get ball eligible. Yeah, I think that would be really funny. <laughs> that would be good. Um, yeah, I, I think that he will. I think he will find a way to to do this because that was like the whole thing on him at SMU was that those those teams always were like, oh wow, they're eight. No, they they could they could go eleven and one. They could win the conference and then. They don't, and then they they don't. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if he can keep it together. I don't know what it is about what he does to those teams, but this was a constant issue at, at, at SMU, so we'll see. Uh, Boise State 19, Air Force 14. Air Force really, really should have won this game and, and, and doesn't. Uh, had a turnover in its own territory that, that Boise State recovered and scored on. Boise State had exactly one touchdown in this game and then just did field goals. Air Force was driving at the end but was stopped. Um another team that can't keep getting away with this, right? Like, like, man, come on. This is, I, I really don't want to have to say that Boise State is good because they're not. They're not. I'm watching them play. They're not good. I'm just, I'm tired of this. I, I'm sick of it. I need to see something happen to these guys. That's, I'm done with it. I, I can't, I can't, I can't take any more from them. They're, they're not, they're not good. Why do they keep winning? They're not good. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I don't understand it. It's uh, it, they lock them up. I think, frankly, just lock them up. Arrest everyone involved. <laughs> Throw away the key. Get them out of here. Enough. Enough of this. Um, Penn State forty-five, Minnesota seventeen. Uh, you have a narrative to push with this. Is that is that correct? That's correct, and I think you'll be helping me here as well. Um, uh-huh, I'm look, sure. Frankly, uh, uh, we have to agree. <laughs> That, that Penn State is simply a top 10 football team. Mm-hmm. Um, by all accounts, this is an excellent football team that, that honestly, you'd have to be lucky to escape with a win um, in an environment as, as fierce as Happy Valley with a, an elite top 10 defense like this. Um, wily veteran quarterback Sean Clifford got the four touchdowns most of his games. Um, yeah, I mean, Penn, State's a, Penn State is a near playoff contender, honestly, mm-hmm. in most of the leagues. The league weren't as tough as the Big Ten. You think this team's making the playoff? Mm-hmm. We're going to do narrative counter narrative here. My counter narrative is that Cincinnati had a better schedule last year than Ohio State has this year. <laughs> Cincinnati played better teams last year than Ohio State. Well, it's hard year. to say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not worried about that. But you know, in, in actuality, uh, yeah, Minnesota. As much as I dog and make fun of uh, Tanner Morgan, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't Boy, know. Boy, it seems like, like yeah, the guy behind him, <laughs> not a lot worse. Yeah, not good. Also, his name is Ethan, which I like. We we love a we love an Ethan. Mm. That's that's a that's a real name. That's a that's a name you can name your child, your beautiful baby boy. That's Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, AP, AP. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's bad. Uh, hey, how about this? When they, had, when they had the baby, the doctors were telling them, uh, don't drop that thunthathon. Huh? Mm. that song? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably what it was. You got to think that's probably what it was. That's probably what they're saying. That's, yeah, that's the, pop, that's the running theory on Minnesota backup quarterback, Ethan. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, but uh, the Minnesota defense has fallen apart. I mean, they, they, uh, they're cooked, right? This is a cooked product. Um, they're going to keep dropping down SP plus and other rankings also in the actual record about the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, well, the good news is that the defense is going to get a, a, uh, it's, it's get five consecutive games of, of, of antibiotic antibiotic that'll try to <laughs> try and help them here. Cause they get, uh, Ru- I'm looking at the schedule. Now, they get yeah. Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern, Iowa, and Wisconsin. There is no better cure for a bad defense <laughs> than those five games. Okay, Holy great. shit. That's, that's going to prop up, uh, Penn state even more than in that case, which is great for, me personally yeah um yeah i mean i don't know what to say it's minnesota right they're just the same team all the time yeah um, it is so we're gonna f- do exactly what we didn't we predict them to just do this where they were gonna like pretty much you know yeah. be mediocre but somehow win eight games that's what they're gonna do yeah they they love to do that it is also uh every time i look at like the team page for minnesota seeing tanner morgan's little picture always makes me laugh <laughs> he's so funny looking he he's he looks so aggressively 28 years old it's it's very it's endearing. I'm going to miss him when he's gone. Like, I know he's not a good he, quarterback, but it's it's very funny that he's still there because he just looks like fucking PJ Flag. Looks, <laughs> he's not beating the looks like me charges. <laughs> <laughs> he does He does kind of look like you. He kind of looks... Uh, he he looks like like uh, if if maybe a couple more things went wrong in your life, right? Like, it's... it's uh, he's, he's, a, he's a kind of a rough character, I'll say. But... Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss very old Tanner Morgan. I think it's. I think it's kind of endearing that he's been there forever. Yeah, I uh, think he'll play again this season. Though, right? Just concussion. I think he should be back. They said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, or we'll or he could sit out the rest of the year and they can get him a medical red shirt and he can come back and then he can be 29. Oh, that's something to think that. about. And then you can go nine and three again next year. Uh, last one here, wrapping up. South Carolina 30, Texas A&M 24. Texas A&M, I believe is how many losses in a row is this now is this four straight i think this is four straight for them because they're three and four they started three and one yeah so they have lost uh in the last however many games um four is it four what is it three okay they've lost three straight uh they've lost to mississippi state by uh 18 to alabama by four and then now to to south carolina by six um is there another win on this schedule outside of UMass for them? Because they get Ole Miss at home. I guess Florida at home, they could win. Going to Auburn, I'm not convinced that they're going to win that game. Then UMass and then LSU at home. Um, are these guys going to go to a bowl game? Is Texas A&M going to be a bowl team this year? Man, um, God. I, I, God, I, I hope not. I could, I, it would be so funny. I think they could probably beat Florida, right? I'm not sure I'd predict that, but they could do it. I think yeah. it's possible. But even um, if they, they so are they, also they would need so yeah so they need to beat Florida Auburn and 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 UMass which is not impossible I mean those are not good teams but I don't know that they're going to and they're certainly not going to beat Ole Miss or, or LSU um, boy it's it's bad it's really bad this was not like South Carolina doing anything specifically impressive it's just that Texas A and M 
I mean, it's the same stuff we said all year. They're incompetent. They're completely incompetent on on offense and honestly yeah. kind of on both sides of the ball. They're they're really bad. They're also now two and six in their last eight FBS games. Awesome. Um, do you think that they would fire? Great. Do you think they would fire him? Like, do you like honestly would they fire him? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think I think it's just so much fucking. Even for them, it's so much money. Uh, and that would know, be that, that, were, that would be one that of the funniest. That would be one of the yeah. funniest things to ever happen if they, if they fired him after like five oh, years. Oh, yeah. It'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, I think the answer is like, if you're Texas A&M, as we've talked about, you just have to force him to fire his OC. But if you're him, you would just say no, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know, like, do they have, I don't know, can they make him fire his OC? Does the org chart work that way? I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know that you would be able to do like cause if it's, uh, oh, he wasn't following instruction because he, I'm sure he has hiring autonomy. Um, yeah, that, they, they might just be fucked. <laughs> they might just be shit out of luck. I think they might just need yeah. to go through I mean, another. I hope he would come to reason. And like, I, I mean, I don't know, like, because if he does this I mean, this year, no, they're not going to fire him. But if he does this again next season, Mm-hmm. yeah maybe like they could do it right like and also i mean i i, I know this is like very epic whatever to say i truly cannot wait for twitter the day that jim up gets fired it's, it's gonna be yeah, so good it'll, it'll be very good i do also wonder like and this is a whole other discussion this could be a, a premium episode on its own um why the fuck like we've talked about this before but why why do kids go to these schools? It doesn't make any sense. Why does Texas A&M have a top five recruiting class every year? They've never been good. What, I, I don't... Who's doing this? <laughs> is, there are other schools that have money. It's not like you're getting infinitely more money going to Texas A&M than you would like Georgia or Alabama. Like I don't... Why is this happening? Why are there always these schools where it's just like, you don't do anything. You don't produce anything. Why are any players going there? You're never... They're never good. They don't ever... Nothing ever comes of it. I just I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, um, it's absolutely baffling. I, I I don't have any explanation for it except to say that this is like what Jimbo does. Yeah, the, the magic is like how does Jimbo and also like Daryl Dickey, who's just top recruiter, <laughs> right? Besides Elijah Robinson. Yeah, uh, Daryl Dickey is like the worst OC in America. How does he keep getting recruits? Like, how yeah. does that happen? Yeah, like at what point does it matter that they don't that they're not good? Like, I I don't. I know I'm I know I'm trying to reason with with you know 17 and 18 year olds in college football and that's not frequently going to work but it's it's not even like oh they they go eight and four but they put a lot of guys in the NFL they don't they don't put guys in the NFL <laughs> they don't do shit they don't do anything there's nothing happening there like it's not you you can't be you, you're not thinking like oh yeah Jimbo Fisher's put all those those you know he's got all those players from Texas A&M into the NFL like. The only Texas A&M player in the NFL that I can think of off the top of my head is Mike Evans, and he's not a Jimbo guy at all. Jimbo would hate Mike Evans. Jimbo would shoot Mike Evans in the head. He hates that. I don't want a good yeah. receiver. I want bad I mean, receivers. I mean, like, to Marvin Leo looks like a good rookie, but like he, he was a third round pick. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's just like there, there's uh, yeah, like Miles My, Garrett, I guess, but Christian, he's Christian Kirk. Christian yeah, Kirk Miles Miles Garrett is also a Sumlin guy. Like, I I don't right. Yeah. So is Christian Kirk. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, in the my god, they had Dalen Mack. I guess he was all right, but that was also someone root who, who Jimbo Jesus kept. Christ, yeah, nothing fucking going on. Here. Kellen Mond, know, like, we love Kellen Mond on this show. <laughs> Kellen still... Mond is like the best Jimbo quarterback besides Jameis, probably ever, which is really Jesus. funny to say. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. Um, and I mean, it's not like his Florida State tenure was all that much better. Like, it's not, he's just, that's, there's no reason to play for this guy. Well, You're not, the Florida State year, he he had those like two crazy draft classes back to back with yeah. a ton of guys in the league and like a lot of them are top 10 picks. Yeah. Which is, but then he's just that nothing. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, like he's save, a fucking bum, dude. He's terrible. Yeah, yeah, save for like the top end guys, like like Jalen Ramsey. I think was ended up being good from what I have gathered. I don't I don't follow the NFL super closely, but it seemed like he was good. Um, but yeah, I I just what's the point? What is the point of this? You don't get to go to the NFL, and also you don't get to you don't get to win games. You're gonna have to lose to fucking Spencer Rattler. Like I just go somewhere else. Go anywhere else. You could go. You can go Cincinnati. Just put a really good fucking cornerback in the league. Just go there. It's fine. You don't need to do this. You don't have to do this to yourself. You don't have to go live in like the most racist town in America so that you can go six and six. You could do that anywhere else. There's a lot of towns where you could do that. If you're like, oh, I need to live somewhere really racist and go six and six. Like, I can name twenty schools off the top of my head where you can do that. It's it's not bad. I don't know. Like, I I almost. I almost feel bad for, for Texas A&M fans a little bit, but if they weren't the worst people on earth, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like if, if they weren't them, I would feel a bit bad for them, but they are unfortunately ontologically evil people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They deserve and... this. They get, they got what was coming and that's, that's, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's a little bit old Testament, but that's, it's what they, it's what they needed. I hope it gets worse. I hope it gets a lot worse. Absolutely. Um, also uh, very funny that, uh, of course, just reactionary college football types, uh, the, the terrible college football media, mm-hmm. the lamestream college football media uh, immediately ranked South Carolina after this win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. And LSU. Like, I think LSU is pretty good, but come on. Come yeah, on. LSU was already ranked and they climbed the schedule. But I mean, okay. South Carolina is yeah. going to now finish the season ranked because they are Jesus. five and two. Um, they have that win over Kentucky, which is, I guess, that's a very good win. I'm yeah. that. They lost to Arkansas and Georgia. Uh, and then they now go, they get Missouri at home, Vanderbilt on the road, Florida on the road uh, for the next three games. So they're going to be eight and two uh, before they play Tennessee. They play Tennessee and Clemson back to back to end the season. So um, they're probably going to finish eight and four and ranked and be a quote unquote ranked win for Tennessee and Clemson. It'd be Clemson's like only ranked win to end the year. Yeah. God damn it. Dude, that is going to, that, that, that would really be the thing that would like the ultimate thing that would be really frustrating for us is that Clemson finally loses and they do it to fucking Shane Beamer so that he gets to nine and three on the year. Like we don't even get joy in the fact that Clemson loses because they lost to a guy that we hate. Like that, that's, that's absolutely what's going to happen. Yeah. Evil. Absolutely evil. Evil. It's, it's, um, it's a demonic sport folks and you shouldn't watch it. That's, that's, that's the lesson from all of this. It's uh, do your own research. This sport is run by demons, but run by literal demons. Yeah. Well, Pat, uh, you got anything else before we get out of here? Absolutely not. Uh, we'll talk to you guys on the premium show if you are subscribers. If you're not bums who are who are stealing our content for free, you need to. You need also. To be- we should we should mention it's coming out Tuesday instead of uh, instead of today, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it'll, it'll be out either late Monday night or Tuesday, um, and then the uh, the watch list will be out as usual. Uh, that's it. We'll talk to you guys then.